Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, and welcome to another episode of A Sound Heart. First of all, I'd like to give thanks to God for his unspeakable gift in the person of Jesus Christ. And uh, truly, in these days, uh, we must understand that God has blessed us abundantly. It is God has blessed us super abundantly in the gift of his son, Jesus. Uh, there is no greater gift that God could have given us, given to us other than his son, Jesus. He who was in the bosom of the Father uh, was manifest in the flesh on our behalf. He laid down the, the accolades of glory. He, that is, he temporarily set aside the accolades of eternal glory on our behalf for our salvation. And we need to think more deeply about what or whom God has provided for our salvation. And when I think about the many things that are going on these days and the the extraordinary labyrinth of lies under which we live. I thank God for his word and that we can go to the scriptures and we can hear and we can read the words of Jesus himself. So the enemy of our souls has not yet succeeded in eradicating the the book of God from our lives. But what the enemy has done <clears throat> is created with that is the 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 believing community has become fleshly, and I can say that from many years of teaching the word of God and observing what happens in the visible church. So the devil does not care about fleshly songs, fleshly worship, because he knows that these activities will not result spiritual prosperity. The devil does not care about religious rituals because he knows that these activities will not eventuate into spiritual prosperity. But what he does do is carefully observe as the dragon, 
as the sharp-seeing one. He observes those who follow Jesus. He knows those who have set aside the flesh, that, that is, those who have crucified the flesh with his affections and lusts. He knows these believers are attacked for their testimony. And that is a legal term. As you know, it is a legal term. The, their lives testify. Their lives are on the witness stand. Their lives testify to the truth that is in Jesus. I never stop recommending the reading of Pilgrim's Progress. And there is a chapter in that book in which saints are arrested and tried because they do not follow the flesh. And one saint is executed because his witness, that is the witness of his life, the person of Jesus offended a particular town. His life offended their carnal policy. And witnesses took the stand against this saint. And just think about this. They were offended because he would not indulge himself in their lust. They could not see beyond their lust. They had been blinded. Their minds had been blinded. Please read 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Their minds had been so blinded that they were offended by this saint. And so he was executed for his faith. We live in perilous times. And I'm using the Bible has different words for the for for time. The Hebrews met God in time. And so they had a word for they had no word for eternity. They met God in time. But, and the word that we transliterate into English from the Hebrew bears a definition that we have imposed upon that Hebrew word. Please understand what I'm saying. The Greek has two different words for time. Time as chronology or a series of events that unfold and then time as a strategic epochal event or events in which certain things must take place. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son who was born of a woman now remember in Genesis 3 how the devil abused and manipulated the woman into disobedience. Therefore, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 11, 
that the woman was thoroughly deceived. God, in his eternal wisdom, used the woman, that is Miriam, to overthrow and eventually crush the head of the serpent. So, God is not mocked by deceiving and overthrowing the woman. The devil summarily deceived and overthrew himself. Such is the net of deception. Those who deceived are in turn caught in their own deception or deception. And because they have no wisdom, they may have, they may be clever, they may have clever insights, they may be devious, they don't have wisdom. And this is what these people do not understand. Once again, they can be clever, they can be devious, they can be uh, evilly deceptive but they don't have wisdom. They cannot foresee that they have set a trap for themselves. God has so designed the universe. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, the word is anthropos, it means male or female, Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now, I wanted to lay that foundation for you because I'm going to be teaching from John chapter 6. And Jesus, this is now, this is a, a particular discourse that uh, deals with uh, one of the events in the public ministry of Jesus. Uh, Jesus had fed a group of people, and so they they sought uh, to follow him, and they did follow him. And they wanted him to be their king because he had provided sustenance, he had provided bread. They did not realize that this uh, this miraculous event tended the kingdom of God or pointed out or pointed to the complete fulfillment of of the individual within the kingdom of God. God completely fulfills or bring, brings fulfillment to the life. So Jesus left and uh, on a boat, and the people went to look for him. And so this is John six twenty five. And when uh, when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, whence camest thou hither? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labored not for the meat, or literally food, which perisheth, but for the meat, or food, which endureth unto everlasting life. Now, the King James Version uses the word everlasting life. The Greek does not. The the Greek uses a word which means eternal life, eternal life, which the Son of Man, and so that term, Son of Man, means God's representative man. It is a prominent term in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus is God's ideal man. Now understand that the first Adam, Paul writes in the book of Romans about the first Adam, and uh, he died, but he was saved by God. Jesus is the second Adam. Therefore, he is now God's representative. He man. He is God's ideal man. First, in First John, John writes that we shall be conformed to the uh, in Romans eight. We shall be conformed to the image of His dear Son. First John has we know not what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him. For we will see him as he is in his eternal glory. The the effulgence, the outshining, the outflashing of the glory of God. We shall be like him. Notice in Genesis 3, the devil said to them, you shall be like God. John writes, we shall be like him. The devil lied. John is witnessing to the truth. Labor not for the food which perisheth, but for that food which endureth unto eternal life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. And uh, that's a very important term because the devil was in pursuit of Jesus. Remember in John chapter 1, uh, and the light shineth into the darkness, and the darkness did not overtake it in order to defeat or conquer it. The light, the false, that is Jesus, shineth into the darkness. And so the events of the life of Jesus were perfect. Nothing in the public ministry of Jesus happened that was outside of the chronological plan of God, that is the unfolding of the events that took place, and the strategic epochal plan of God in which certain events would happen. Seeing every event in the life of Jesus was perfectly executed, perfectly timed. And when the temple police came to arrest Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when they reached out to take him 
they could not do that until the very moment within the plan of God in which it was allowed for carnal, sinful, corrupt hands to take hold of the holy. So when Jesus said, I am, the temple police drew back and fell to the ground. Such was his presence. Such was his august, impeccable personality in the face of this terrible event. They were going to arrest God for healing, for saving, for redeeming, for setting free. You think what John John Bunyan wrote in Pilgrim's Progress was taken from his imagination? He wrote directly from the scriptures, just as that brother was tried by a, a carnal, uh, in a carnal court, and the carnal witnesses were brought forth to witness against this brother, and they took him out to be executed. That wasn't from John Bunyan, Bunyan's imagination. That was from the word of God. Jesus is arrested for healing, for saving, for redeeming, for the the resuscitation of Lazarus. He was arrested for good. This world is darkness. That is this and the from the Greek, this world is the consequences of ruin. The second death in the word of God indicates eternal separation from God. Now there is temporal separation from God. We don't use words like wickedness anymore. You you, You don't hear words like you don't hear these words anymore. They, they've been set aside so people can enjoy their religious experience or experiences. The decisiveness of the scriptures have been undermined. I, I bought a book uh, uh, at Hobby Lobby uh, several months ago, and I looked through it. And uh, and uh, the Gospels, and just uh, just take a look at uh, what the what the translators had put into this particular translation, and I don't use it because there is a deliberate and subtle attack on the person of Jesus. There is a subtle denigration of his deity and humanity. So I've been studying this long enough and reading the scriptures long enough and looking into the documents long enough to know for him had God the Father sealed. God the Father sealed and protected Jesus for security because look where Jesus was. So He was sealed for security and preservation. In 1 John chapter 5, 
John writes that the enemy cannot exert a modifying influence, that is, he cannot touch us so as to exert a modifying influence upon us, that is, a compromise, a severance, a separation of our relationship from Jesus. Jesus says, no man can pluck you from my hand. We have eternal security. Please read the book of Ephesians. Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he has sent. Now, verse 28 reads, And they said unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he has sent. They said, therefore, unto him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe? What dost thou work? In their minds, from their viewpoint, they had set up a standard for Jesus. Now notice, this is the same group that had pursued him to the other side of the sea because he had fed them and they were filled. And now, have set up a standard for Jesus. Notice the carnal mind. Notice the subtleties of the flesh. As long as you give us what we perceive we need, then we will follow you without question. But then when Jesus comes back to them and he speaks to them about the plan of God, therefore they say unto him, what sign, well, look at verse 26. Jesus answered and said unto them, verily, verily I say unto you, or truly, truly I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, because in their carnality, they could not comprehend the spiritual scope and meaning of the miracles that eluded them. They could not see what was really going on. Sin creates a narrowness of perception. Sin creates a limitation of understanding. Oh, but I'm an atheist and I can talk in an amazing manner and I can recite and I have this argument and this argument and I can sound uh, as if I am really educated and learned and uh, I, I've come to this conclusion and people clap for me and I am intoxicated and elevated by their approval. And so atheists are curious because they won't be silent, silent about their atheism, and yet they, uh, they seek the approbation and the approval of, of, of others uh, in their so-called belief. And so... Inevitably, there is this ad hominem, their belief, 
that is uh, they go into what people say or what people believe. So they seek to influence, they seek to inculcate into others their petulant childishness. What sign do you show that we might believe and what work do you do? So this was not a, just a simple depreciate or deprecation of the person of Jesus. Uh, so Jesus had to meet their standards. 31, our fathers did eat manna, manhu in Hebrew, in the desert. They don't even get or understand the, the spiritual context in which this occurred. They don't even understand the desert event. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Exodus 16:15, Numbers 11:7, Numbers 21:5, Deuteronomy 8:3, Psalm 72:16. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. Now, Moses is the giver of a law. The law, John chapter 1, was given by Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Moses is the lawgiver. And notice the statement of Jesus. Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. But my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. And so, in other words, manna of the person of Jesus. Manna was a type. It is manna pointed out and pointed to the ultimate gift of God in the person of Jesus. That is, there was the temporal need for the manna, and then the temporal need, the temporal provision pointed to an eternal need and an eternal provision that God provided. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life Unto the cosmos. Think about this statement. The bread of God, the food of God, the artos, Greek word for bread, of God is, state of being verb. He which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. What do you mean? There's no life here? If God gives life, then what is the true nature of the cosmic system? What is the true nature of the cosmos? Paul wrote that the cosmos is death. Paul wrote that the that the world is dead in trespasses and sins. Dead. And in the word of God, the word death means separation. Dying thou shalt die. Upon temporal, physical death, 
the person is separated from what? The body is separated from soul and spirit. In the New Testament, Paul wrote, absent from the body, present with the Lord. The believer's body goes into the grave. The soul and spirit, we call this, it's a a term not found in scripture, but we call this 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 state of being the intermediate state. The intermediate state. These words are not found in scripture. It's It's a theological term. But it indicates that period of time in which the believer is separated from his body. Now, Paul wrote that of believers. He does not write that about what? And those who, who die without knowing Jesus. Their bodies go into the grave. Their soul and spirit go where? Go to Hades, the world of shades. This is their abode, their temporal abode, until they are resurrected to go before the great white throne judgment. And I, I use the word resurrected because believers will receive their resurrection body, bodies and the dead who go to the world of shades, they will receive their resurrection body. They will go before the, the great white throne judgment, and they will stand, I don't know where, because we read uh, that God is on the throne and before whose face heaven and earth fled away. But they will stand before God, and their eternal destiny will be read to them. Their degree of suffering will be read to them. Their callow repudiation of God, their sinful repudiation of God, their lustful degeneration of the image of God that they abuse and destroy through sin, the ruin that they invite into their own lives, they will suffer for eternity in their resurrection bodies that are designed for where? Their resurrection bodies are designed for eternal ruin, eternal suffering, where Jesus said there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Party on, brothers and sisters, party on. Read Romans 1. And Paul wrote there where he talks about uh, people in their uh, sinful state, Paul wrote that they treated one another with viciousness. And Jesus is talking to these people. He's teaching these people who have now set up a standard for him. So Moses and I give you the, uh, the bread from heaven. For the bread of God, verse 33, is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. 
And so notice uh, what we have here. I am the bread of life. I am the bread, the life, literally. I am. And so we have an emphatic pronoun uh, with uh, the verb in the imperative. The bread, that is the bread points to that which is essential, that which is necessary. I'm learning now about essential fatty acids. I'm learning about and studying about linoleic acid and alpha-linic acid. I'm learning about fats that heal and fats that kill. Jesus says, I am essential. He goes on. They said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. I am the bread which cometh down from heaven. Uh, uh, he that cometh to me shall never hunger. And I love this. Uh, that word never is in what we call the emphatic future negative. Shall never hunger. Shall never hunger. I know what that means. I've walked with him long enough to know what that means. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. And here uh, shall never thirst. We have a what we call a, a strong uh, a negation, a strong negation. We have an uh, shall never hunger. We have an emphatic future negative. He that believe, oh, look, there will never be that pinching toil or, 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 or famished craving. She'll never hunger. And when you think about the death of the cosmos, think what they do. Let me indulge my lust. Let me indulge my mind in filthiness and cruelty and that which is offensive. And all the time, as the individual goes ever deeper into sin and self-ruination, what happens? The soul begins to disintegrate. The individual wastes away. And I've told you on uh, past broadcast about in the book of Leviticus, uh, in the Gospels, there's this term, that uh, this word, that means to dissolve and how people waste away or dissolve away. People dissolve, not to in a, into an amorphous muddle. I don't mean dissolve in that way, but, but they, they waste away because they wear themselves out in ruin. Uh, Paul writes about this in Ephesians chapter 1. I see this. All the time. Verse 38. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Well, let me go back. Verse 36. But I say unto you, ye that have seen me and believe not, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me shall in no wise cast out. I shall in no wise cast out. So 
there is what we call a general call to salvation, a general call. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes into him shall not die but have eternal life. There is a, a kaleo, a general call. Then there's what we call in theology an, an effectual or effective call. That is, individuals uh, who believe into Jesus and are saved. That is, they, they have answered the effectual or effective call. They have answered God's summons. They have believed the word of God. Please, again, please read Second Corinthians chapter 4. It is God's power. It is God's business. It is God's doing. And when they, he, it is he who what, provides uh, the, the living witness of his word. And he, the light shines into the darkness of the heart. It is God's doing. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. But, and the word... I love this word. Jesus said he was dispatched from heaven. He was sent. He is the, the super apostle. He is the super sent one. And this is the Father's will, which uh, hath sent me, that of all which he giveth me, I shall lose nothing, but I should, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him or into him may have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Then the Jews murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. Man, oh man, the rabbis had done a number on them. They are listening to Jesus. And they are struggling with what the rabbis have taught them. So they are puzzled by the lofty claims of Jesus. And skeptics today still stumble at this claim. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose mother and father we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? You know why they don't understand it's because their teachers uh, through the centuries have lied to them. The rabbis did not explain to them the book of Micah. The rabbis did not explain to them Isaiah 53 and that it was not the nation of Israel, but it was Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. And throughout the five books of Moses, the Pentateuch, uh, the scriptures point to him the history of uh, redemption, the unfolding plan of redemption is about, culminates in Yeshua HaMashiach. Yeshua. Yeshua. So they have been manipulated and led into ruin. They have been scandalized by their teachers. Read the book of Amos. Jesus, therefore, 
answered and said unto them, murmur not among yourselves. So they begin a verbal combat among themselves over the person of, of, person of Jesus. Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, murmur not, murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him, that is, draw a drag like a net, and I will raise him up at the last day. And so the they become more petulant, and Jesus, uh, his teaching becomes more intense. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. As it is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. You see the necessity of that. I see the necessity of that today. And they shall be all taught of God. Why? Because of the flesh, the will of the flesh, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life are not of the Father, but is of the world. We need to be taught of God, period. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit, period, so that we can, what, walk in the Spirit. And when we walk in the Spirit, we shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God. He hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am the bread, the life. And so Jesus exposes their terrible spiritual health crisis in his public ministry. He exposes, he exposes the crisis of public health. He exposed them. I, verse 48, John 6, 48, I am the bread of life. And so we have the pronoun ego with a state of, uh, plus a state of being verb. He tells them the truth. And they are struggling with the truth. Listen, we live in terrible, evil days, and the, the net is, is, is closing in, and people are unawares as to what's going to happen. I want you to be saved. I want you to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to be spiritually healthy. I want you to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I want you to have on the armor of God. I want your minds and hearts Feel with the word of God so that in these days, having done all to stand, you will stand. Good morning. My name is Dr. Josiah Rich, and God bless you.